1: It's the X-Man Podcast. I am Doc Coyle, your host. You hear that in the background? This motherfucker's talking to my house. Hey, shut the fuck up! It didn't work. They didn't shut up. Luckily, I have uh, plugins that will take out all the background noise. You guys probably can't hear it, but I can hear it. And you know, when you have these sensitive microphones, you can hear these some of them bitches disrespecting me in the background. Hey, shut up! What? Wow. See? <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes. You know, you got to put people in their place. You know, just yell things at them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't subscribe to that. Yes, please. No, ma'am. Anyway, I'm not going to talk a bunch of shit here. What you guys been up to? You know what I've been doing since I got home? Just straight watching Game of Thrones and the NBA playoffs. And I don't know, like there's, I think when you, when you watch enough Game of Thrones, you know, on, on, on repeat, you just start thinking about strategy and politics. You're like, you know, I'm going to start gaming the system. I need to start strategizing power, how to collect power, how to keep it, how to stop people from screwing screwing you over, you know? So that's been the mindset I've been on. And then I'm just watching basketball and then I hurt my back the other day. So now I can watch them do stuff and I can't do anything. It's just a mess. So this is the process of me trying to not be that lazy uh, as much as I can get away with it, but um, good thing. So I had some shows coming up and I realized I didn't have any show sponsors. And usually, when when the show is pretty slow and I don't put out a lot of episodes, that's that's how it is. So I put out something on Facebook, and a bunch of people got back to me. So now all of a sudden, uh, there's a lot of interest in sponsoring the show. So um, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, and that by that I mean, you know, usually I, I play a song by your band, talk about the band. Try and pump it up, let people know how dope it is. Thank you for doing it. Or if you have a product you want to promote, just please uh either just you know send me a message on social media or you can drop an email at the X-Man Podcast at gmail.com. And again, that is EX. And we are very lucky because we have a sponsor for today's show. And it's a band I just found out about today, and they are fucking sick. They're from Dallas, Texas, and they're called Frost Coffin. I guarantee you will not hear a more metal name for a band anytime soon. Um, And that's with a K, Frost Coffin. So check this track out. It is entitled, Ain't No Good For Me. Well, I'm sorry, Ain't Good For Me. (laughs) I like how I threw that ain't no, the double negative. There you go. From New Jersey, we can't help it. Check it out, Frost Coffin. frost coffin with their track ain't no good from their 2018 self-titled mini album which is available on spotify right now and you can find them on all social media platforms at frost coffin remember that's coffin with a k that song was great that's probably one of the best songs i've I've played on the show and i really enjoyed that now i'm going to go probably save that album on Spotify and go listen to all of it. I love the production. And by the way, that was uh, produced, this single will be out uh, May 10th and it was produced by Josh Schroeder and mixed by Chris Collier. And they will have a follow-up album either by the end of this year or early 2020. And if you want to check them out live, they will be playing So What Festival in Houston, Texas, uh, which is the weekend of April 27th. And they will be doing a couple shows at Dallas and Houston House of Blues in May with Alien Weaponry, and uh, yeah, they've and they've toured with a bunch of bands, As They Dying, Dying Fetus, been um, done shows. So yeah, man, that's that was really killer. So please check them out. Support the bands that support this show, and uh, yeah, as soon as I'm doing this, I'm gonna listen to that shit again. And with the business out of the way, I just want to give a quick intro to the show. So this show is actually a part two to my most recent show, which was um, a show where I interviewed fans and listeners of the X-Men show. So this is part two where we basically did a Q&A and I let, um, we had two guests. We had Thomas Crawford, who is a musician, a guitar player, with the band called Seraphim. And his uh, section will be coming up first. And the second Q&A will be with our other guest, Matt Neufeld. I pronounced it wrong on last week's show. New, yeah, I pronounced it Newfield. It's actually Neufeld, uh, who's a criminal defense attorney. will be doing the Q&A in the second half. So please enjoy the X-Man and I know you had a couple questions for me. Yeah. You sent them. See, now you can either ask me. Or Actually, cool. I have your questions oh, so I can just so you can, got prepared. I was, I, I can interview myself, you know, if you want. Awesome. I'm like, so what was I I can just play both parts. <laughs> so, what was it like to do, you know, and then I'll it's like in the actor's studio, but with
2: one person, you're well, just switching back and forth. Yeah, now
1: talking to the first person. Well, when Doc Coyle was uh doing the thing, is what you know, he was doing the thing, that's what he was doing. You know? <laughs> I can do nice. it, you know, you just let me know
2: how you, how you want right. to. <laughs> Well, I I do have a question on here that, uh, you know, and for those of you, you can't see, but, um, uh, we're talking about age and whatnot. So I've got a beard that is very, very gray. Do you think if I'm, you know, do you think I need to color it? All right. Okay. So (laughs) no, 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 actually
1: this is a good question. This is a good question because, so I wrote an article for metal sucks, like literally like 10 years ago called the looks that kill. And it was a, it was an article about, um, Image in mm-hmm. and, and just it, it doesn't even have to be rock. It's just there's a you know, I've said this on before again, I'll say it again. Half the people hear with their ears, half the people hear with their eyes, right? And so, even the quote unquote not having an image is mm-hmm. an image, right? You're making it by not making a particular choice of saying, Hey, we're going to be more relaxed, mm-hmm. right? That was you know, what you know, what is clutch's image? Oh, yeah, right? What is Lamb of God's image right it's a bunch of guys With long hair with cargo you know you know, Camo shorts and <laughs> Hoodies and beard but They didn't uh, you know fabricate That that's just how they look they didn't you know But it was an image and I, I remember right. When Lamb of God came out and you started to see Bands that didn't quite look so Metal start growing their hair out And having a beard and wearing you know Dressing a, cert- a certain way so what I, what I would say is Is that you know if you're in crowbar then the look you're doing <laughs> right. is very, you know, uh, you know, not that you know those are some big, big gentlemen in, in, in crowbar. And I'm not saying in that regard, but just right. It it is a, a certain look that you're that you're cultivating, you yeah, know. So it just depends on on what you're trying to get across, you know. Mm-hmm. And if listen, if your market is people relatively around your age, then yeah. what what's wrong with looking your age? Nothing. There's there's nothing wrong with that. So. Um, It's like, for example, like I've not gotten gigs or have been like, I almost got kicked out of a band for being too tall because I was literally about eight inches taller than everyone in the band. And I looked like the fucking bodyguard, you know, (laughs) it's like, and you know what? And I said, they wouldn't have been wrong to necessarily, I mean, they, they probably shouldn't have because I I was pretty good for the band, but, but the point is that shit matters. There's definitely gigs out here that actually I didn't get that I'm in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't get because it was very like goth and like, you know, you know, you have to have, you know, half your face painted white and then the skull kind of coming out over here and some, you know. That would have been lo- really interesting. Like, no, but the thing is, it's like I didn't look, you know, I don't look emaciated enough. You used to look real real skinny, you know, just look oh, hungry and and just like, you know, you just got back from some heroin, you know, like one of times. the walkers. <laughs> yeah, and that's, but the thing is though, there, you know, each... Act is trying to cultivate a certain look and a vibe that it just it has to fit. Yeah, you know. I, all right, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Uh, the reason I ask, like,
2: normally I wouldn't care. I mean, and, I mean, and going back to Byzantine, I mean, OJ, that dude's got the whitest of the white going on, and and he's bigger than ever than he's ever been. Yeah,
1: I mean, but that's um, and it, but and, it, it kind of represents the the fan base. I mean, look oh, at yeah. John Campbell from Lamb of God. The motherfucker mm-hmm. looks like Gandalf.
2: You know, that's true. That's true. Cool. All right. So I'm going to ask the questions. Uh, I'm not going to have you do it because then that would just be right. really weird. All right. Uh, so what was the most memorable moment that you
1: had in music? The most memorable moment in music. This is a this is a really interesting one. Um, you know, I, I always bring up bring up one moment. Um, That's actually I was it was the first day of OzFest 2004 and I'm sitting we're watching Black Sabbath And it's me and Mark Morton from Lamb of God. And we're just kind of, you know, having a a moment to, you know, really take it all in. Mm -hmm. Because God Forbid and Lamb of God, when they were called Burn the Priest, we first met each other, we played in a garage Mm -hmm. in front of a show with one person paid. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and that was our beginnings. It was very, very humble beginnings. And it was never in our minds that we would get to any point where anyone would give a shit or that we'd make any money or play in front of people. So it was a, it was like, we almost didn't have to say it. It was like, dude, can you fucking believe this? Right. You know? And that's, I think that's something that that really, really stands out. And I'm sure there's other moments kind of, kind of similar to that, but that's probably the one thing that kind of comes to mind is like, how the hell do we get here? You know, this is the band that invented heavy metal. Like this is crazy, you know. Like this doesn't really make. And we're on the same tour, and we get to do. We get, you know. We, it was like the first time we had our own tour bus, and every day you're playing. There's Slipknots over there, and Slayers over there. It's like it's like you have to pinch yourself. It was definitely I was 24 years old, you know. Oh wow, bugged out. That's cool.
2: That's cool. Uh, all right. So similar to that vein, uh, and I actually I think I have a uh, not a follow up, but I guess a, a similar or a, a story to to share and why I thought of this question. What's the most messed up thing to happen to you or, or your band while you're performing?
1: While performing? Um, well, I've been... I've had a few things. Actually, the most messed up thing I can't even really say, but a, a, <laughs> basically a, you know, a band threatened to beat us up before we went on stage, and I was fucked up, and I can't say who, who it is. Okay. Um, that was pretty fucked up. Um, but I've definitely been... Things have been thrown at me I've had One time I was sick Mm -hmm. And uh, we were on tour with Guar And had the worst monitor sound of all time It was the worst show I've ever had Mm -hmm. And someone was throwing change at me That sucked Um, (laughs) I got hit With a beer In the face When I was playing with Lamb of God Opening for Metallica In Dallas, Texas And there's videos of it You can see me like Trying to like fight somebody which I couldn't find the person, but I look all the time like, "Hey, motherfucker," you know. I looked like a real fucking asshole. And then, um, and then on Mayhem Festival 2009, we're playing the uh, San Bernardino show. It was all pumped. I was like, "Hell yeah!" First song, someone throws like a rock star energy drink, and it didn't hurt that much. But it just got all over my guitar, Every, oh, so it's sticky, sticky. Oh. and it's like hot, and it just it just ruined my show, and it's just like it's like you know a kid like dropping his uh, his ice cream. Like oh, on the He's just like uh, buddy, he ruined <laughs> my show. You know, um, I think I think I think that's the only thing I'm trying to think of. Anything else cra- crazy? You know, I've like hurt my back on stage, and like mm. you know the first time uh-huh. I ever hurt my back, Byron from God forbid, ran into me on stage, and my back hurt hurt a pop. That sucked. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks, so- Byron. My back's still <laughs> fucked up. I'm going to send you to the fucking hospital bills, motherfucker. He, he's constantly complaining about it.
2: Yeah. Oh, the chiropractor bills are stacking up. Um, so I've, I've been kind of curious. Uh, I know you've had a lot of the past members from the the band, uh, God forbid, on uh, with Corey
1: and, and uh, Byron. Um, when are you going to get a Beaker and Matt on? As uh, as asap, I've been in touch with Matt. We I was in Seattle not that long ago, and we just kind oh, of crossed. In Seattle, too? Yeah, he's from Seattle. Oh, nice. So uh, our streams kind of crossed, and uh, Beaker just it's just a matter of what. say I haven't spoken to him in a, in, in a while. We kind of will text here and there, and like you mm-hmm. know, send Facebook messages. But I definitely w- will get everyone eventually. Mm-hmm. I I know one of the questions you asked me about about my brother. I don't really talk about it on the podcast. I don't, I haven't spoken to my brother in a while. Mm-hmm. We're not really on those terms, unfortunately. And it's, uh, I can't really get into why, but it's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. just unfortunately how life goes sometimes. And, you know, hopefully yeah. we can work it out someday, but it's not, uh, we're not in that place yet, unfortunately, you know, and it's, it sucks, you know, and I know people, they want to know, and that's probably the, the number one request is where are going get your brother <laughs> on the show. It's like, well, you know, I would, I would like to know that as well myself, you oh. know? So it, it, it sucks, but I would, it, you know for The goal for the show Is eventually to get Every person Who is essentially Involved with the band Yeah Professionally uh, Whether that's uh, Managers And booking agents And just Just to Basically I can kind of Put together A narrative Of everything that happened mm-hmm. And everyone who was involved Can say Hey this was So if you ever care about this band I can almost write a book Basically yep. And use the The direct quotes And say Well this is what happened And here's the story From everyone's angle You know
2: Yeah Yeah um, yeah, like, I mean, I have a brother and he and I, you know, um, we're brothers is what it is. We're exact opposites. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I can relate. Oh, it's the, you can't see the wife is uh, making the faces like, yep. I saw some
1: faces. I saw, I saw, I saw a two tree, you know, it's all good.
2: Um, but all right. All right. Um, let's see. Wow, you knocked out like the next two or three. I know
1: that's why I do concise, you, concise you, coil. All right, just, I I I'm here to mess around, man. You right? know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here to boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, uh,
2: so what are some of the standard things that keep you busy while you're on tour? So I know, like you and I were kind of in, you know, we're kind of uh, communicating back and forth, mm-hmm. um, you know, both uh, very busy people. I'm genuinely curious. What are the things that keep you busy while you're on tour? Cause I mean, from a, from a, a, a non uh, touring musician, you know, that I, I've never toured. I've heard some stories, you know, here and there, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, you're traveling to the next city. You're sleeping. Like, yeah. I mean, there's so eat,
1: eating ch- Philly cheesesteaks. So, like, so, so you're, Kind of, at our level, yeah, which is, um, you know, kind of, we're working up to be, like, you know, from the outside looking, we're a pretty big band. In many regards, we're a big band, but we don't, you know. Like, we have one tech for the entire band, so it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, so I have to still set up some gear and mm-hmm. change some guitar strings, so it's not like I can just show up and just pick up my guitar and everything's taken care of, so I still have to do some of that stuff, but I prim- primarily can get out of, you know, we're in a bus at this point, so we're not having to drive the vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, which are, you know, a lot of the, the jobs of you know, smaller bands is they're driving, they're selling merch, they're kind of involved in, you know, setting up their gear and all that. So there is some of that, but our primary jobs are to perform. Yep. Uh, there's often there's meet and greets. So sometimes there's, you'll have one set up through a radio station or something like that. And then sometimes there's ones that are actually the band sets up mm-hmm. um and, and sells to like VIP packages and there's press, you know, so you'll have interviews and, some days there's no meet and greets. Some days there's meet and greets in press. You know, we were doing the headline tour of the summer. We were going and playing on the radio mm-hmm. almost every day. So we had really busy days. It'd be get up, go to the radio station, play, perform, do like two three songs acoustic, come back, and we'd have two meet and greets. We'd have a radio station and our own and a band meet and greet. And then by that time, it's like five or six o'clock, and you really, you know, so, sometimes fit a, a sound check in there. And mm-hmm. then maybe have a couple hours before you have to play. So it was a really busy day, and then you know, as the kind of year went on, uh, you're you know r- me. It's 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 like a headspace and a physical readiness, which is me. I've like said back problems. You have to. I'm I'm doing so much stretching. I mean, I have the, <laughs> the I have like. uh this massager. I'm just physically getting ready to play, which is kind of time consuming. And then a lot of it is also just mentally. Like you're just, Mm -hmm. so it's like making sure I'm playing guitar throughout the day. So you can get up on stage. It doesn't feel um, foreign, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so a lot of, and honestly, as the the tour went on, we had less responsibilities as far as meet and greets and stuff like that. But I kind of had to keep myself in the mental space to like, all right, I have to play. And I want to, in a way it's like when you get up on stage the main thing is just being focused on that and not having anything else to get in the way and it's yeah. a, it's a it's a it's kind of like a a trance almost mm-hmm. where you're trying to convince that crowd that you are 100% there you're giving all your energy you're kind of so there's almost a, like an, a certain amount of emotional energy that you have to, to take from the rest of the day so you can just put towards that yeah and then there's the other thing of entertaining people believe it or not <laughs> or you know, you just have you have family, you have friends, you have to kind of play host. Yeah. And that can actually be quite exhausting, especially on the summer tour where it was a really long day. Yeah. And we play first and I was like, Hey, so you guys are watching shows They're like, nope won't we'll hang with you. I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she, yes, that's my night. <laughs> I can't catch up on my T V shows. I'm just hanging with you. Okay, where are we going? We going Okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And then you become you become the entertainer, the host. Nice. And that's not as fun as it sounds. Really? <laughs> well, it gets it gets it gets oh, exhausting. Yeah, because when you're doing it every day for, you know, and you just get like, oh, I got no one coming to, to the show today. This is great. I can be selfish. Hang out by myself. <laughs> do what I want.
2: But do you get that uh, you know, once they leave, like and you're going off to the next one, do you get that like, oh, you're leaving?
1: Sometimes. Well, it, I think honestly you you appreciate it much more in Europe when you see some friends mm-hmm. or like, oh, you you really appreciate it because you're you're not as a around your your friends as much you kind of like you need that you're like i haven't heard an, a, a non-british accent for two weeks you know so it's nice you know, <laughs> nice, you, know you miss america you're like America <laughs> saying, born in the usa yeah. you know you start singing you know. i uh
2: i know i can i can relate uh i've this past year i had to travel a lot to uh, some places where English is not the primary language or secondary, and sometimes at all, and um, can get it very lonely when you're going to, uh, you know, Sardinia and uh, yeah, I know Sardinia, like all, Sardinia, yeah. yeah, in Cagliari, Italy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, and, I know all about that. Yeah, it, no, you I don't, know.
2: I don't. <laughs> no, I, don't I know, I, woe is me. Uh, but you go in there, and you know, there's just people speaking, uh, you know, Italian you know, around you and you don't like, you don't realize how lonely it is when you go to a country that, you know, they don't speak English and you're like, I'm not catching what's going on. Um, and then you like go to the waitress, like, do you have margaritas? And they're like pizza, Uh, but no, I, I, I could, I can get that. And then when I do interact with people for work, like, Oh, you want to, you want to go have a drink? You want to go hang out? Like, yeah, yeah. You miss it. Um, Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, so, how
1: was your approach to Bad Wolves different than God Forbid? I mean, it's it couldn't be any more different because Bad uh, God Forbid was five guys kind of doing everything together, and, and mm-hmm. there was um you know very collectivist and very old school in the room jamming in the you know mm-hmm. everyone was 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 pretty involved with everything that happened, and we started it was so modest and playing basements and playing shitty shows and having the van break down. And it was, you know, we were, you mm-hmm. know, it was a it was a very family environment and, you know, especially family because of my brother, and I was the first people I ever played with. So it's yeah. that experience is always going to be unique in and of itself. And in Battles, you know, frankly, I, I joined uh John and, and Tommy when they were kind of had something already going. Even though there wasn't mm-hmm. a band, it was more of a they had a recording and my primary job really when I joined the band was to make take what was recorded and translate that into a live show you know and then I you know I helped out with a couple of songs did some solos but that was the thing I kind of felt uh, was the most important thing was they they made this record that was you know a lot of it was sitting in front of a computer and cut and paste and this and it's like that's really cool but that's not a band like you have to mm. translate that and make and and the stuff was dense musically and there was a lot of technicality so that was kind of the main element and so in truth in this band i do have a more peripheral position where a lot of the decisions are being made and things are moving forward with where i'm not really involved Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know you you have to be a different kind of team player and you have to kind of know your role and know when you have to step up and do this and know when all right i'm not going to comment on that but hey you know i think Mm-hmm. They probably should hear from this, and, and that can be tough because there's a lot of alphas in this band. It's like yeah, you have to kind of know <laughs> how how you fit in and kind of manage that that tension. Because yeah. in in a lot of ways, the last year was lear- you know learning to be a, in a band with people. Because sometimes as as you can be friends with people, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. Like, hey, this is my best friend, but now we're in business, mm-hmm. and it 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 alters the dynamic of oh, the yeah. relationship, and you have to figure out. How to, how to kind of navigate that and and the, and the truth is this is just a much bigger operation so you talk about management and label and all these people involved and you're just you're kind of a co- a cog in this much bigger machine you know and and so in, in a lot of ways it kind of exists beyond you in a much different way whereas God forbid was much more part of my um, my identity mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways yeah
2: okay okay um. Less band-related stuff. Right. Uh, I'm kind of curious because uh, I, I know you're an atheist. Um,
1: I myself am also an atheist. Why don't I, know I call? I, I'd say I'm oh, probably more in the agnostic boat. Right. <laughs> right. Know, a, a, atheist uh, decries some sense of certainty, which I, I'm certain about almost nothing. Right. You know, right.
2: You know I, I know some people can get really stuck on the
1: deck especially what to eat. <laughs> Doc, what do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> There's everything on this goddamn menu. But don't, don't get married
2: yeah. because then it's just a constant yeah. discussion well, of what do you want to eat. Well, well, I don't know what do you want to yeah. eat. Yeah. Well, I'll eat anything but this. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about the, well, my no, vegan, that? my girlfriend's vegan, so it kind of oh, slims it down. So that makes it easier. A little bit. A little bit. A little, little bit. You know. right. Um. But I'm kind of curious. I guess what led up to your realization of of that philosophy. You know? Oh, it's, it
1: was real easy. I just I, w- I remember going to church one day. Um, not that I was like my family's big church goers, but it, you know, I had basically like the Catholic side of the family, you know, and then I had like a Baptist side of the family. So oh, wow. we have like black church and then like boring ass Catholic church. I, <laughs> I can't remember which one, what it was. I think it was, I think it was uh Baptist church. And cause the thing is the, the preachers about, they're just real entertaining. Oh yeah. They're like real, like, you know, they're telling you stories and it's, you know, and, and it really, and you know, I was being, I was caught up in the gospel. Right. And then this dude told this story and I was like, Oh, that's like, and the story was about, I like someone who had cancer, and they, they prayed real hard, and I thought the end of the story was going to be, and then we prayed and prayed, and then she went into remission, and the Lord provided, and that wasn't the story. Was like, and then she died. I was like, what, what, what? Why did you do all the? You did all this pray, nothing. You didn't get nothing. nothing. Oh, I was like, and I and I, and I was like twelve years old. I was with my brother. I was like, I was like, yo, I think this is bullshit. He's like, yeah, I think so. And that was it. There wasn't. I think a lot of people who were religious probably think people who are atheists like it's like this crusade right and it's not you just kind of you come to a day and you're like yeah I, I don't believe that and that's it and you're not mm-hmm. you're not harping on it you're not you know i'm not try- i'm not like bill maher i'm not trying to like convince people right you know it's like i don't care believe do you you know yeah. if you like, listen i have a lot of people who are a lot of friends who are religious family and if it makes you happy and if it's you know helps you get through the day it's like i have you know i you know life is fucking hard and so i don't <laughs> you know uh I, I definitely will not give anyone shit because it takes a lot, especially if you've had real serious hardship yeah um you know it's you you have to figure it out because i you know I hate to use the word spiritual because I don't really know what that means, but I definitely take moment you know take moments of gratitude you know i you know yeah. definitely have moments of meditation, take moments of mindfulness and kind of uh understanding fundamental humanity for understanding you know just being part of the universe that's, much, much bigger. I think that's... I think being kind of atheistic in, in a way um, gives you a sense of humility when you really mm-hmm. think about... Because the whole point of it to me is like we're insignificant. Like really, like we're like... It shit does not matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right? if you really are like, yo, this... The universe is basically infinite and we're just on one planet and one solar system. And it's like... If you really think that, then that's really... Humbling. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of the major religions, maybe besides Buddhism, really all about, they're very egotistical. It's like us. This is here, God put it here for mm-hmm. us. This is all about, and it's like, okay, it's very, mm-hmm. very we, we, us, us, me, me. It's like, you know, this is like, or not. even a very
2: specific part
1: of the us. Or it's yes. about God, which is like, the even the idea of it is very personified. Yeah, like it's like God, you know, that's you know, he's over there. It's what's his address, man? What you, where is it? <laughs> it's very like it's like you picture in the word. I yeah. think is very personified. It's a, it's a person. It's a you know, he's mm. vengeful. All these things, even even the pronouns, right? He, she. I don't I don't know. I right. you know I you know, and that's why I think maybe if the terms were a little different, I could yeah. vibe with it a little differently.
2: yeah, I. Similarly, both of my uh so both of my parents were Pentecostal preachers. So like the the speaking in tongues, yelling, screaming, running down the aisle the whole Lord come on healed. y'all.
1: Come on. That's what I would do. Really? What were you saying? <laughs> Stop lying. You just heard someone else. Do, you just did what they did.
2: Well, that, I mean, to be honest, that was kind of the the realization for me. Was uh, you just
1: saying I, jambalaya over and over again? Right. Jambalaya, <laughs> jambalaya.
2: Um, although, if you ever if you've ever read the book, I think it's uh, Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. Stephenson. Um, like I didn't even know there was a a technical, like a scientific word for speaking of tongues it's like glossolalia or something like that, and it made this whole book surrounded by like that's a way to reprogram people's minds and so it was a pretty interesting book if you can get through it but uh but no uh that that was kind of my realization when I remember growing up in that like seeing people doing that and I was, it was like okay, you know God's touching them what, what you know and and they're wanting to and it's making them do this and I kind of find it a little weird and kind of absurd and I remember like okay now i'm gonna I'm gonna go toward that I'm gonna try to to figure out what it is and and live my life in a way and do this thing and I remember like one particular night that happening like where I was up in front of the church they're laying their hands on me and I just like you know nothing like it was the like from there and I remember like my my parents like calling everybody they knew like oh my God, Thomas has been touched by the Holy Spirit I'm like no 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 I, I i really didn't feel anything so all right um so i i know in uh, i'm kind of bouncing around here but i, I know you, you when you talk about like your progression and god forbid you come to that point where like around equilibrium come out you mm-hmm. know your, your brother left and you'd kind of started feeling these things and whatnot and and i know at least i've heard personally or from it that you kind of aren't as happy with like equilibrium as an album and, and things like that i just kind of want to
1: say equilibrium is actually one of my favorite albums it's yeah well i think i think here's how it is whatever you did last you like the least uh i i can't explain it but when yeah. it's it's the last one you're always like for some reason you're and then if you do something new then you'll like that one and then you will it's like there's something about it you're like man I, you just <laughs> I you know and I I think my my distance as distance goes from but when it first comes out you're like this is our best record oh yeah and then six months pass you're like nah man I up. I'm sorry. no no but I, I I do hear certain things where that particular record I really let my hand off the wheel mm. and I and I and I let you know I let Matt do his thing I let Byron do his thing and it's uh and I think that's okay and like mm-hmm. you know just because there's a little less. Um, control or like, this is what God forbid is. And this is, you know, the idea was to to let go of that and let the idea of what God forbid is can mean some different things. Right. Um, so maybe my, some of my apprehensions about, about that is saying, no, I'm the one that kind of describes what the band is or should be. Um, but, you know, I think that's kind of part of uh, the journey is like giving up a little control because I could, mm-hmm because on on one end I could say well this is what I think the band is or should be and if we, we didn't let's say we did another record I could be a little bit more of a taskmaster but I was to be truthful I wasn't totally up to it you know mm-hmm. I, I needed those everyone to come in and kind of bring their inspiration and so things you know end up what they are going to be but I tell you what man we worked as hard on that as anything we ever did yeah you know so I definitely respect the work and uh, you know ultimately I think the fans decide they, they kind of just decide what you're what, you know, as time passes, like what kind of has the most legs and what mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, kind of lives within, uh, you know, people's lives, you know. Okay. Out there? Yes, out there,
0: everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But The Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our biweekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hayden, Backstreets magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Them But The Brave on your favorite podcasting platform. And we hope to see you further on up the road.
1: Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! It is now 2024 and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you.
2: How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going Strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's
1: favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? (laughs) Huh, so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out? And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.
0: This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career, in our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes. We've had rock legends such as Dee Snider and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, and -and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know, and love Chris makes a podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts and new episodes come out every Monday.
2: All right. right, So the show in particular, I know like I long before even the idea of, of coming and being on it, (laughs) um, I was emailing you and like, dude, I love the show. I'd love to see, um, you know these people on it and whatnot. Um, I definitely have like a wish list of people I would like to see on here, and I'm just kind of curious what are. I know you keep on talking like, oh, I've got these people. Yeah, oh, actually, I'm, so, wor- I'm working on them. And, so
1: I do have a list. I actually have to have to look it up. Let me let me see if I can I can find it on here. Ooh, there you go. So here's a couple of people I've or just that I want to get before this thing wraps up. You know, and so I want to get a. Uh, Peter Dolving, who was in The Haunted. We've talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Martin, who was in Hatebreed. Rob Arnold from Kimura. Oh, yes. Dave Peters from Throwdown, the singer from Throwdown. Mm-hmm. I would love to get Rob, Tru- Rob Trujillo on, on the show. Um, I want to get Jeff Loomis. Mm-hmm. I want to get... Uh, who else I mater Logan Mader, from, who was in Machine he Head, Head, Soulfly. Um, was it Once Human, his yes. band right now? Yes. I want to get... Uh, Steve Brodsky from Caven, uh, Dave Lombardo, eventually you know. So I got a I got a handful of people. I'd love to get Joey Jordison on the show. Jason mm-hmm. Newstead's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's you know there's definitely a handful of people that I feel like if I don't speak with the yeah. the kind of, and obviously all the people in the band that you know that are oh yeah, yeah. So so there's definitely a handful. I want to get you know Jesse Leach mm-hmm. from Killswitch on the on the show. There's definitely a handful where. There's a certain journey that I've kind of been with with people, and the truth is, in the last while, the the, the touring got really heavy. I couldn't really put a, a premium on these particular mm-hmm. guests. I had to kind of focus on who yeah. was around. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, like I'm surprised you didn't get Ivan Moody at some point. Or well, I didn't know his who hit what his uh, restrictions were with press because they were uh, kind of they didn't okay. you know. Because he's one of those guys. Every time he does an interview, it becomes kind of big news. Yeah. So I didn't really want to press hmm. certain people. I was supposed – I w- was trying to get um, – Oh, uh, Jason Hook? Jason. Jesus. See, oh, you, know, you know, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and Jason were talking. And he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just – you know, I'm taking a break from podcasts. I'm like, no worries. I And here's the thing. If someone doesn't want to do the show, don't do the show. Like, right. please yeah. just – But so. I know people, they probably think they like, I'm going to feel bad. I was like, No. I I want people to do the show who want to do the show. But
2: why not? Your show, doc. Come on.
1: (laughs) No, because, you know, I mean, honestly, when you're Mm -hmm. of a certain level of fame and uh, you're just busy and you get a lot of press requests and sometimes you just get sick of of doing it. You know, so. (laughs) So it's a I I never, you know, want to kind of feel like it's a burden because the thing is, it should be fun and it should be. You should want to have the conversation. It should never. I don't ever want anyone to do it. They if they don't want to do it. Right.
2: So, right. um, I, I, a couple that I would love for you to get on the show. One, um, I think Devin Townsend would be an amazing one. I mean, that yeah, guy has more ex bands in it. He probably went to the bathroom, got a sandwich and come back and already broke up with three other bands, you know, from there. Um, not to mention that dude, like he just seems really fascinated and, and kind of out there. He's a genius. Yeah. Um, and, uh, God, it was. Uh, I I would probably say the top one on my list is Dino, Dino yeah. because there. I mean, and I know he knows your podcast. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I was listening to Jamie Josta, and, and they were in a conversation talking about like you know he was he was on Jamie's, and uh, and and they were like you know who all does metal podcasts, and Dino's like Doc's got one. <laughs> and he, I mean, he he dropped your name. Shout out to Doc. All right, listen, I've, I've, I would I've, love for that. I
1: love Dino on whatever wherever he wants to come on the show. Isn't I, he in L.A.? Like he is, yeah. he is. You know, I would, I would. Listen, to me, I, I, everyone is welcome. Yes, I, I
2: welcome. Dino, if you're listening, which you said you are, you should totally hook up with Doc Coyle Right on. I'm just well, saying. Do we have right. any
1: more? We want to do one more. Um,
2: what do you got? Uh, I. I I do have one, it's not really, I, I, it's not a question. It's just more of like i wanted to kind of share like okay. how you personally have kind of influenced my family. So um, I, like I said, a huge fan of God Forbid, I bought the DVD. I was totally one of those people that got one of those jacked up ones that I had to use some other method yeah, to yeah. get it to work. But uh, I love watching the behind the scenes stuff. And there was something that you talked about with, uh, about you guys talking about George Bush about how you guys would go around saying you know you know george bush you know they hate us for our freedom they hate and, our freedom and you know <laughs> quit hating on our freedom and i my family like even my kids are like dad quit hating on my freedom like no. that, that happens all the time so Listen, you had an influence on my family see, see
1: the thing is at first i was like we, we were like man, that's crazy and then mm. we just start saying that shit we we're like yo man I hate the hate our freedom and i'm like <laughs> i'm like I'm just... here's But here's the funny thing. If you think about it and sit around, you just imagine it's like uh, Osama Bin Laden and they're just like having meetings. They're like, see, the freedom is the problem. You see? Yes. <laughs> they have fried chicken over here and they have the strip club over here and we hate it and we've got to fuck this up. You know? Like, that's what I'm thinking. That like, there's like freedom hating like meetings and they're just... Like, if it was true... <laughs> I'm just trying to picture this. This <laughs> sounds trying.
2: like a South Park episode.
1: Yeah, I'm just, but it's a funny thing. Like, you you like, why, why would they do this? And that's what his that was his answer. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's that's pretty good. But it's it's actually partially true if you actually hear like the real like the ISIS motherfuckers. Part of it is like they're like the women are walking around n- naked and they're sinners, and it's mm-hmm. it is it is part of that. So he is he was somewhat right, but it was a great phrase, especially the way he says it. You know. <laughs> You know, I'm saying I I never agreed with his policies, but I always enjoyed him as a personality. You know, absolutely. All right, with, with that with that said, Thomas, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate you coming down and uh, you know, sharing your story with us. And it's I think it's really important for people to hear, um, you know, a variety of of uh, perspectives, you know, and it's, and I think hopefully it'll be valuable to the people listening to this. And, uh, and yeah, man, don't, you know, I don't hate your freedom and I hope you don't hate mine. <laughs> I definitely don't hate yours. Well, I guess I'm envying your freedom. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Take it easy. So I know you had a couple questions for me. Yes. So you guys, this, so this is the, thing. you, I'm, I'm, I'm at your beck and call. What, 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 what you got? Okay, cool. Well, you know, uh,
3: one of the things that I'm I'm always interested in because like I'm a I'm a I'm a guitar guy I'm not, I'm not like a super gear nerd but like I I know enough to be dangerous. I think I listened to your podcast recently that you did the one you did about a year ago with Eric German mm-hmm. and like I'm kind of like on par with him like I know enough to be dangerous like I can play a few things and but like I I have what it is really is I have a buddy who's like a super gear head he's got like 35 guitars he's got like the signature Ace Freely he's got the signature Slash the signature Eddie he's got like all not these all. awesome guitars and he's got a bunch of Les Pauls
1: now does he play them, or are they on the wall
3: oh he plays okay, no he good plays good. Okay, good. yeah yeah but they're also on the wall but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but um you know so he's kind of gotten me back into playing a lot the last few years I kind of you know law school you take time off but like I've been playing a ton and so one of the things I noticed because I go to a ton of shows because right that's that's how he got here right mm-hmm. love mutual love of metal and um you know a lot of the pros play Gibson Les Pauls right and and I think it's pretty obvious why but um, of course, you're you're an ESP guy, mm-hmm. and and I love that, and I, I love seeing artists that that play different guitars, and and I I can think of a lot of reasons why I would, um, but I was kind of curious how how you got involved with that, and 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 what in it ESP
1: is. specifically? Yes. So, um, I think it, my story with ESP is very similar to a lot of metal guitar players around my age, which is Metallica played ESP for sure. And, and you got to keep in mind. So at the time. That Metallica started using ESP they used Gibson right so they were so and a lot of their guitar models that they were using essentially um I think just ESP was made in Japan and they didn't ha- they had different uh like uh trademark and kind of uh, patent laws okay so they could essentially make replicas that looked very similar I mean I guess were very similar designs but under a different name and I don't know how Talca got involved with ESP mm-hmm. in particular but this is why endorsement is so relevant like Absolutely. Uh, the Kirk Hammett model ESP is the biggest selling ESP guitar of all time that does not um, surprise me and um, and it's just so influential there's something because you would see old oh he's playing the Gibson but something about that ESP you're just like you just want it. it it makes it cool it's the mm-hmm. same reason when you see michael jordan wearing a shoe makes you want to buy the shoes like right we're, we're idiots we just we we want to do what our, our our heroes do of course and um and so my brother and i bought cuz previous to that we had jackson's uh, and we and we had the same setup as marty Friedman and dave mustaine from megadeth right okay. so we went from emulating one group of heroes to to another and then we we bought these uh, ESP LTD M series, like kind of the Strat style, very similar to the Kirk Hammett style. Okay, sure, sure. Um, and those are the first guitars that we, not the first, but the kind of nice guitars we we had bought and uh, used on the first, God forbid, album cycle and played on the record. Um, and then as once a band got a record deal, then your manager's like, hey, we should, uh, we have a guy at ESP and we'll, you know, we're going to have you talk to him. And oh, that's you know, awesome. And so basically you get, set up and you have a touring schedule and they and essentially what these companies want is they want um they want artists out there promoting the product. Of course. So early on you're a brand new band. No one really knows who you are, but they'll sell you a couple guitars at cost. Oh wow. You know, so you'll get, you know, a seven, eight hundred dollar guitar for three hundred bucks or something like that. And at the time when you're struggling, that's just it means the world to you. Absolutely. And then you get to say, I'm in esp artists of course right and then you know and that kind of develops over the years your profile increases all of a sudden the the cost guitars become free guitars (laughs) they they start you know they're putting you in ads they get um you know and uh they make you know custom guitars and you you know you form relationship and it's really about relationships we had we had a guy over there um named alan steelgrave Mm -hmm. another guy mark ma and then uh there was this guy, uh, Chris Canella, who was at EVH. And he bro- kind of brought me back in because I left ESP for a few years and came okay. back. And now there's a guy, Tony Rouser, And all those guys, it's, listen, the guitars are great. But right. the truth is a, t- a bunch of companies will give me free guitars. And it's really about the relationships. And it's, and and they all make great stuff. I-, I imagine any of the top companies all make great yes yeah. gear you at, know? at the top they're top of the line stuff yeah. is gonna um, be top of the line so it's really about the relationships you know okay. um so they treat you well yes and they do so much for me and and listen if the and if the the guitars were not working for me i would not, i would go somewhere else you right. know? but it's about for me it's about function and being on the road and having stuff that is reliable and mm-hmm. works well for you and sounds good
3: okay cool well, that's good to know um some other things I was thinking about, just you know, as a, as a listener of the podcast, but I'm not sure I ever necessarily knew, and may have been something that I missed. But was, um, you know, you talk to a lot a lot of people about their travels through their various bands and kind of how they get to end up where they are. And so, you know, you going going from God forbid and 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 getting into Bad Wolves, I guess. Like, I don't know that I know what started that.
1: Well, so I quit uh, God forbid in 2013. Right. Things kind of came to a head where I was just not happy with the situation. And, um, you know, a particular event inspired me to leave and I didn't really have much of a plan. And for me to laugh at that, I actually filled in for on did a couple tours with them playing bass guitar. Okay. I worked at the NBA for a few months. Actually, I, oh, cool. I worked, the, um, the all-star game. And somewhere within that mix, I made a decision to move to Los Angeles. Um, I didn't Another band called vegas nerve yes yeah. i still have but it's just kind of on the back burner until I, I have some time and i had had some discussions with with my singer about moving to la mm-hmm. and he thought him and his wife would so i was like oh we can i can move this new band over there um and i was like you know what i left my band i didn't have a girlfriend i didn't have kids didn't have big career prospects or anything untethered and it was like all right i have a window here Sure. And I've always was fascinated by L.A. And I'm like, I, honestly, I thought <clears throat> I'm kind of, you know, probably a little bit over the hill. You know, and, not for, <laughs> and when, when I say that, I mean, you know, music, rock and roll, it's a young man's game. Right. Absolutely. But I was like, I have this little window of time where I can give it kind of just see if I still have it in me. So see if I have it and So it was, it was a leap of faith. And I moved to Los Angeles in 2014. OK. And just started playing with anybody I could you know and I and I I had the worst i bought this car there was a lemon it was I was you know you can barely I was get to broke. where you to go. I was, no i i didn't get I, my car broke down driving cross country devil driver actually gave me a ride John oh, wow. from, who yeah Bad wolves you know helped helped me got me get me to la and um yeah I was just playing with everyone and tr- just trying to figure it out and um yeah around 2015. I uh was 2015 no 2016 I actually started playing with with John and uh yeah and, and I had, you know some time opened up for me and I had I just thought it was when I heard the stuff with Tommy right. on it cuz I had heard all the versions of the, the of the band it was called I have tongues and uh I was kind of hesitant because I didn't really want to jump right back into metal. Right. I was doing more rock stuff. Okay. I just wanted something different. I just didn't want to, and I and I didn't feel inspired as a as a metal songwriter. And I thought what John was doing was it was almost beyond me. Like I felt like I was like, man, I couldn't do that stuff. It's <laughs> so advanced. And they were they were really doing some really impressive stuff. A lot of the stuff that's that's on that record was kind of, you know, not where where my head was at. But you know, he wanted me to. This join is in him.
3: the Eye of Tongues era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: but it's still the same material, right? Um, but just when Tommy came in. The structures got tighter everything kind of trimmed the fat and his vocals blended it just made it sound completely unique um, though the kind of combination of the music in and and his style of, of vocals and I had time and, and the way my philosophy was just do cool things that have potential sure and yeah. it's you don't really know what it's gonna be but you just and it's my friends and I thought it was really good and I think you just want to be a part of really good things and where there's a lot of talent and you know and things just kind of once that was, it was, it was really touch and go there for a while, but essentially once uh, Zoltan became part of the, everything that he brought the record label in, he mm-hmm. brought the management, he brought, you know, and everything kind of from, from, from there on it, it really picked up steam.
3: And then all of a sudden, you next thing you know, you're touring for nine months out of 2018.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we knew, <laughs> we knew, but we knew we were going to be busy. But we didn't think, you know, we, I thought it'd be like, Hey, we do a tour see how it goes right be in a van, just kind of grinding it out you know and you know i i, I never thought it would just kind of go 100 percent the way it did
3: well you know, you know and now i'm still in it, so. it <laughs> so thanks and i think we're all thankful for that you know looking forward i think i think you've mentioned on recent podcasts that you guys are already doing work on on you know the sophomore album
1: yeah we have uh we have a lot of material we have the heaviest shit we have the catchy shit. we have kind of everything so we're yeah the record hopefully the goal is to be done in uh, April man that's quick yeah
3: that's awesome yeah, and- we worked
1: uh, John, listen John and Tommy these guys are they when they go they just like they work you know and, and you know luckily I got to contribute some some material to this album and, and be a lot more involved and it's uh, it's exciting because I think the band really is we just we have a sound and we have right. a thing and it's cool because not many so many bands are following some other trend and i don't really feel like we're doing that we're just kind of trying to enhance what we already do not at all yeah and i think that's you know that's i
3: think that's going to take you guys pretty far but that that and just the work ethic which is what's really impressive to me is is you know you, you guys aren't a bunch of young kids that don't know what's going on or just getting kind of blindsided by this whole thing you know you and and, and john and and i think tommy you, you, you guys have been around a while so yeah. i think you know
1: well i think you you know even i you know to be truthful with god forbid we had that work ethic for touring right but writing was always kind of slow for us we because we would do it in the room it was not and we we, it wasn't overly scheduled it wasn't it was a little looser and this is a lot more like john he's like hey we're doing this for this many days and we get up at nine in the morning and we work till this time and it's 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 and and they're very productive so it's and you know there's just the stakes are higher right the people at the top um have certain expectations and it's also it's just a golden opportunity to, to you know the potential is kind of limitless and I've absolutely. never I've never been in a band where I felt that you know I always felt with God forbid that there were kind of natural limitations because of the way the band sounded and mm-hmm. the you know the record labels were not, not, not to you know shit on the labels but it's just there's only so much you can do with certain resources absolutely you know
3: um, oh, with with regards to the Going back to the writing process So you guys are all sitting in a room together and jamming
1: No, God forbid he used to do oh, that Oh, I got you with, um, with Bad Wolves, it's a lot of So we work with another uh, producer And um, we just go to the studio And essentially John has ideas And, we just, and they kind of work it out You okay. know, piece by piece It's like, here's an idea And you kind of, hey, spitball You figure out a riff Alright, that's pretty cool you got anything else and, you, and you'll just will and kind of string together four or five six seven riffs then start messing with drumby all right let's get drumbeat. let's go on, you know get something of like that sure. and, they, they, and then it's very much like arranged let's move this over to, what is this is this the verse is that the chorus and you and you know and then you'll kind of do that for a day and you'll kind of have a skeleton next day you come back in and then things that were confusing all of a sudden start to come into focus okay um and like i said it's a different different kind of process you know and i've talked to john about hey let's do this but then let's actually try and get in a room and kind of work through these because sometimes it works on a computer and you're hearing it there um but then you know it doesn't work live or maybe you come with different ideas live right um so it it, it is it's a different kind of process it's a much more modern process but it's yeah. it's fun you very know? cool I, I, yeah very cool yeah and i'm and i'm like i said i wasn't i i helped out a little bit near the end of last record but so i wasn't there for the beginning so i'm kind of when i first started sitting on our writing sessions my whole thing was to not over overly assert myself because sure. I didn't want to yeah. interrupt their process right you know because when something's already working you don't want to be that that cook yeah. in the kitchen that's not welcome of know? course and, oh absolutely so I so I tried to be measured in how I kind of kind of injected myself in the process
3: good approach yeah um. I, think I did figure out what i was good so you're were, you're were mentioning how how you know you feel like this time around you you feel the momentum bedwolves has a ton of momentum right now and so you feel like the sky's the limit and i guess i guess you personally you know you 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 mentioned recently you had the the mental health podcast you did because you felt you you really felt like it was starting to wear you out towards december and and everything like that well, i didn't feel me.
1: like it wore me out it did it, but it wore out. all of us out I, right. I don't think it was just me i think I expressed it in in the way I I did and I think it affected everyone differently. But Mm -hmm. for me, that's what happened and that's what I was going through. And I felt through this thing, it's really important that I'm honest with my audience. Sure. You know, and and don't and don't just be because the problem with now with social media and stuff, everyone projects the the highlights they project oh this is my great life like we're not there's very little honesty totally they don't we don't post it it's like even me like posting that meme of me taking a a dumb picture (laughs) it's like saying that's what we look like half the time we we look like an idiot staring at something like we're and you know and, and that's just not projecting false bullshit and that's what everything is is now is is everyone is it's not really themselves they're the extension of this brand they're this crazy right they're uh yeah i mean and it's but the thing is that is in a sense a reality are you like you ever see that south park episode where cartman is showing pictures like his girlfriend's right there and she looks like whatever but he has the picture of her (laughs) and he's more (laughs) into the idea of the picture of her than actually her as a person that these the 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 perception is the reality right. in a lot of really weird ways. It's it's kind of fucked up. It's some deep 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 shit. Dude, we're getting real deep
3: here. We're we're starting to get out in in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. It's starting to get deep. <laughs> oh yeah. i was just looking out the window. I know, right? It's it's kind of a trip. Like the first time you start looking out, and you're like, wow, it's it's moving pretty fast. It'll, it'll trip you out a little bit. What? Well,
1: can I see? I can still see. Are those other boats? Or yes. Okay. Yeah, those are oil tankers. I don't know if those are like structures or something. Anyway. Nah, just oil tankers. It's golf. But, but yeah, I don't know if I, if I actually even got give you a chance to even ask your full question, but,
3: um, well, I, th- I, I think that pretty much kind of summed it up, really. I was just, you know, I just, it's funny because I, I feel like listening to your podcast, like you're, you're very self aware. And so, you know, it's kind of like your, your whole, you know, you took a week off from posting stuff because you felt like it was kind of, you feel weird. It's, uh, no, it, it
1: felt empty. Mm-hmm. It felt, um, like, uh, like a meaningless ritual. You know, there's an expectation. Hey, you do this, you post this, you do this. It's, you know, so it's, and it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of cool things the last week, whether it's being in the studio or playing Die Bash around all these famous people. And your instinct is, oh, here's famous person A. Mm -hmm. Let's take a picture. Then you post it. Then people are like, oh, that guy has a cool life. And then you get the feedback. And it's this... And it's FOMO, and it's well, he's important. Look at his his life; he gets to do, and it's just, you know, and you know, because part of me wants to say, hey, maybe I should take pictures of video just for myself, just right. just so I remember that I did this kind of cool thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm conflicted about it. Um, this idea of cataloging everything and not really being present, and uh, you know, or what's the purpose? It's like, is it because you end up doing things? just for other people you're not right. doing it for yourself anymore it's it's you know like i saw this thing where people will they rent out a private jet it sits on the on the runway and people come and take pictures on the <laughs> private jet just so that they can have pictures of them on themselves on a private jet
3: that doesn't surprise me. But, but they're that's... not
1: doing that for themselves. They're doing it for other people. It's like right. it's, it's like the whole spinning rim. So rims. they can get the validation there. Like, wow. You remember the Chris Rock joke about spinning rims? He's yes. like, hey, spin a yeah. hey, rim. Right? <laughs> they put
3: him on a toaster.
1: <laughs> no, but, but but it's like you can't even see him spin. Because yep. they're not for you. Right. They're for other people to see yes. your rim, rim spinning. And, and I think um it's not like I'm immune to that. Right. Right? But it's but so I think I think self awareness is like in a way it's it's mindfulness it's uh totally it's it's you know having you know be able to look in the mirror and have it not be a fucking funhouse mirror <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like like yes. not have it be yes. a distortion of what you know we can look in the mirror but we you know we we still lie to ourselves right you, you know people have body dysmorphia totally. they have overconfidence or wh- whatever you you know, I, I think just, you know, trying to describe fundamental objective reality is a kind of difficult thing to do. And, Absolutely. And doing it takes practice, you know, and trying because you, like you ever notice like like we have all blind spots.
3: Absolutely. Right. So there's yes. certain
1: things, no matter how self-aware you are, mm-hmm. there's always something like you can't smell that your breath is, is stinking because you're right there. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's, it's just certain things that you're so. So it's. A, working to be um, self-aware, but also being able to listen to feedback and take criticism, uh, constructive criticism away so that people can give you that. That's also the mirror, right, is is hearing when people, hey, doc, you're doing this, and that's annoying, and hearing them, or hey, you know, this, and like... You know, and I think that's all, that's all part of it, so.
3: And I, and I think, I guess maybe that's my point, and it's really just a compliment, and, it, it, and it's just that, you know, that's what I like about it, it's like, you know, I guess as a fan on the outside looking in, you're like, you're on stage every night, you know, awesome people sharing the stage, you got to, you know, do Dime Bash with Rex Brown, you know, like, how amazing is that? Um, but at the same time, like, it's especially, like, listening to your podcast and seeing the things that you're posting, like you're also equal opportunity and like it's not all glamorous it's it really isn't as cool as like people like me think it is
1: well it's listen i think one i don't even know what glam what does glamour mean like it was like, like you get like a makeup person and like right. they do your nail. i don't even know what that like it's here's the thing glamour whatever it's fucking cool all right right to so get to go <laughs> to rehearsal and all of a sudden you see these guys Corey taylor over there and this guy and it's oh man i Hell had no. his album and and you're kind of you know you pinch yourself a little bit, but I've been doing it long enough now where it's not about, hey, who who is who is it about? Because I think there's also that thing too of, um, you know, we're fans too, right? Absolutely. Guys of the bands, yeah. So you don't, I don't ever want to get into a situation where I'm actually treating another musician like they're not a person, and so that's the kind of the raw. The, I think where the fandom fucks up totally is when you actually it actually dehumanizes someone to say well you're just this thing you created right you're just an album or a performance or whatever in a way that disconnects you from your fundamental humanity which is the idea that um you know everyone shits and everyone fucking <laughs> sleeps and everyone <laughs> right. whatever like, like right but some of that it's like so every time i i of around someone famous i tend to either ignore them <laughs> Which okay. is probably isn't good either. Yeah. Or if I talk to him, just you know, just be a person. Like I met Dave totally. Grohl the other night, and it was the fucking cool. Like he's just, I just talked just to a dude, but not really. Right? I saw him, and he looked at me like he fucking knew me. Like he just, and maybe that's just him—the way he just treats people in a cool way. But so it made me feel really comfortable. And sure. when you're around, to, and he's like legitimately one of my heroes, right? Like as a human being, like not even just as a musician. Just I think the way he carries himself is, I is totally get kind that. of how I would. If I ever got to that level of success, I would hopefully maintain that level of groundedness, and, totally, and benevolence. He's because
3: he seems like a guy you could just go drink a beer with right now. You can. Like, That's yeah. the thing. It's yeah. not
1: seems like it. That's literally exactly what you think he he was. That's how he came across at least to me. That's awesome. Um, but it's not to like, hey, like, uh, like being meta, right? right. Like this is like the, the the movie version of talking to the screen of like, <laughs> hey, you're Dave Grohl. It's like he, he knows he's Dave Grohl, right? Not, hey like or, or like i didn't ask for a picture because i feel like it, it dilutes the moment right and i know people plenty of people do it i don't shit on them for that it's a no. it's, it's it's really awesome um but i don't i don't know it's it's just a thing of i'm a person that people kind of put on a pedestal sometimes but i also am also a fan of other people totally. where i feel weird around some yeah. people too you know where I'm Absolutely. like, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I just don't, <laughs> look, don't don't look him in the eye. Keep, keep your keep your head down. Yeah. So, so I so I think it's it's this kind of, um, you know, what's you know, what those those doors that go in a circle that like uh yeah. yeah. What they? I called? don't even
3: know what you call that, but the yeah. yeah I Know what you mean? The ones that you know yeah.
1: We're we're I'm I'm all part of it. So it's it's about. I just think it's important to do be a human and treat other people like people. And cool. kind of the whole status thing is neither here nor there. Totally. You
3: know? And well, to, to bring that full circle, I, th- I think you'll find that on this cruise is like, is a ton of people that love, they are passionate about rock and metal. I mean, we're all, you know, 3000 people that are just here to see as much metal as we can for the next five days. So there's people that are going to just come up to you and just, and just love you. But at the same time, like we're all people, we're just going to talk about music and what we love. And and you know, like, you probably won't get mobbed by some crazy people. No, but. everyone I, everyone
1: I've <laughs> met's been really cool. You know, what's funny here. Almost everyone I've met, first thing they say is "God forbid." So, really so, yeah, oh so, that's cool so maybe that, that speaks it's a little older <laughs> crowd. It, it is a little bit it but, is a uh, little bit but it but it's been cool everyone's been really cool and I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it well, well
3: good man well we're excited to have you we're excited to see you shred the stage in a couple of days and and uh, i'm looking i don't know what you're playing yet i I'm, i kind of want to be surprised i'm not gonna I, ask yeah i'll,
1: I'll keep it keep, keep keep it mysterious but uh listen matt thank you so much for doing this this was this was a lot of fun and um yeah man Uh, without brothers like yourself this show would not exist man thank you
3: thank you man I appreciate it
0: Hey you, do you have any plans this year? 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.